baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. This is Ryan Wiggins. This is Wiggins America. Big show. Lots going on this morning. And the number one story, we're going to get right to it, is the trucker convoy in Canada. Still, yes, maybe in the last 24 hours that hasn't been the biggest thing on your mind or in the news, even for that matter. But it is still absolutely the biggest story. And I challenge you and will be challenging you, Tricia and Roy, to combat me on this. But first, let's go over why this is still the biggest story. Because, and I actually said this earlier in the week, and then Tucker Carlson said the same thing. So I feel like I'm in pretty good company there. If I say it ahead of Tucker, he must be listening to the show. That's what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> I said this is the biggest worker uprising of the last 40, maybe even 50 years. Uh, certainly in my lifetime, this is the biggest worker uprising I've ever seen. And it's happening not just in Canada now. It's happening all over the world. There's an American one that's forming. The thing about the American one, though, is I don't know specifically what they're protesting. Yes, they're protesting for freedom, for a lifting of restrictions. But I like protests that have a very definite goal. So we're going to compare these things, you know, like with Roy and and so forth. We're going to talk about comparing these to the BLM protests or to other protests in American history. Well, at this point, although we're just talking about the last like 10, 15 years, Occupy Wall Street and stuff like that, because they they use similar tactics. But with those protests, the thing that I always complained about and keep in mind, you know, with especially Occupy Wall Street, BLM's different because BLM, there's so many different factions that grab that phrase and they protest different things and they're protesting for different reasons. So it's hard to really parse out what's what. Um, but with those two, I was always, my complaint was that it was unclear what they were protesting because if you're just protesting society, there's there's really no end. You can't be like, okay, we did our job. Now we can go home. It's just a, 
you, you'd almost call it an awareness protest. It, it can't end because there is no end. You're not even seeking an end. But with the trucker convoy, you really are. They're specifically saying get rid of vaccine mandates and passports, and then the thing's over. Now, it has expanded beyond that, no doubt, but that's the point of the protest. They're saying give us a voice, get rid of these things, and then we'll probably disband. Now, I don't know if everybody will disband because other people have latched onto it and made it about different causes and overall freedom. I get that. But there's a specific reason for the protest and a goal for it. And that is one of the reasons that I like that protest. It's one of the reasons. It's not the reason. The reason is because I think it's a very worthy protest and they're getting a lot done. That's why it's the top story of the week. It's fantastic. Um, as long as you're not caught in the traffic, it is, and at least in this area, we are not caught in that traffic. British Columbia, here's a quick overview. British Columbia is the far west province, so like our states. That is where Vancouver is. Then Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and then you got Ontario where all the action's happening, which is Ottawa, Toronto. Most of the country actually lives there. And then Quebec with Montreal and Quebec City. And then New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and so forth. Most of the action is happening in Ontario. Quebec is very liberal. British Columbia is kind of a swing state as far as I understand it. That's with Vancouver over there on the west. But Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba have all already lifted their vaccine mandates. So it's working. Those are the most conservative states, provinces. But point remains, it's still working. They've declared a state of emergency in Ontario. Don't know what that's going to mean. And the latest update is, you probably saw it within the last couple days, the government of Canada is trying to confiscate the money raised by Go, Go, Give, Go, Send, I think is the name of it. Not, it's not GoFundMe anymore because that's become a huge problem. They already defunded themselves and are facing multiple lawsuits right here in the United States, including from Missouri's own attorney general. Because they, you can't, you can't do that. You can't confiscate money that people intended for one reason and use it for whatever else you want. Now they've backed off of that, but the Canadian government is is saying we're going to take away the money from the convoys. Imagine flip test that. Imagine if the United States had said during BLM protests, all of the money you're raising, we're confiscating it. That is so so dictatorial that is so authoritarian we're talking that's china that's russia stuff that's soviet stuff that does not happen in free countries but that is what we're up against the the fact that they're protesting it they're almost proving we needed to protest this because look what you're going to do you're going to do fascist things then they do the fascist thing and the protest has to continue Crazy, crazy times we're living in. We all knew that this was a slippery slope, and here we're at. I mean, we're not at the bottom of it, but, man, we're right down the middle of it. This is a slippery slope in the direction of fascist overruler government taking over. They're further down that road in Canada than we are, but, you know, if that you call it little America, which they hate, so I'm not going to do that, um, then that's a precursor. And it's it's good to see that there are so many people willing to stand up and say, I see, I have eyes to see, and I can see that this is a problem, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to risk my own livelihood to do something about it. This 
is what's important. Oh, Roy is here. Trisha is here. And good morning to you both. Thanks for being here. Thank good, you. Good morning. <laughs> um, so what's let, let's let's go right into the big stuff of the week. Roy first. What's the most important thing this week? I think the fact that that unexpected um, sources, i.e., CNN, The Atlantic, different places are now starting to publicly come out and talk about mandates and oh, okay, we can stop the masks now. We don't have to social distance. It's and they're they're following the science, um, but they're changing their tune. I think that's good and that's bad. I think it's good because maybe we'll finally get a break and go back to being normal. It's bad because they're not admitting they were wrong. Mm-hmm. They're just saying the science changed and they've been on the right side of the story the whole time. I, that's a good point. I, I think we all saw this coming, that eventually it was going to end and Democrats were never going to acknowledge that they had done anything wrong. Um, my question for you, though, because this is related to mine, you know, I'm talking about the truckers being the big story of the week, which I think honestly was the biggest story last week, too. Um, but it was closely tied to this. Because there's a tremendous amount of public pressure right now on <clears throat> anything mandate related. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not U.S., but it's a huge story. And it is in the U.S. It's just primarily in Canada, but it's all over the world. You know, these these convoys are happening everywhere. And people are getting the message, everybody except Justin Trudeau. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there's pressure. But my question for you about that topic is do you think that this is because new york and illinois both this week super deep blue states with our uh, uh, democrat governors both rescinded their mask mandates for everywhere but schools so completely different issue but why in the world would you keep the only people in masks who are the least susceptible to the virus but again separate story do you think this has led these these mask mandates and and mandates in general being removed by the media, like you said, or is it the government and the media's following? Um, That's a good question. I'm not sure. I think similar to the trucker thing, I think what we're seeing here is the school boards. So it's, it's happening everywhere Mm -hmm. and there's their pressure is building and they can't keep fighting it and calling everybody a, crazy racist Mm -hmm. so i think there's pressure coming from every direction from what you were saying about illinois and new york and even new jersey um i think they're still getting pressure pressure from the white house to don't we can't give up entirely because we're we're too far into this thing and that's the one thing they're going to hold on to um that's the only thing i can figure trisha democrat governor is kind of bucking the white house yeah, do you think that there's some political pandering going on since it's a midterm year? I would say, yeah. With the re, like the easing of restrictions and let's take off the masks, we're the good guys, let's open things back up. I mean, there's that has definitely happened with schools. Not with necessarily mask mandates yet because like we said, they're still doing mask mandates. But <clears throat> which by the way, I just want to point out you don't need a mandate to ha- to wear a mask to school. If you want to wear a mask, if you want your kids to wear masks, they still can. It's amazing. It's a concept that is 
is really, really easy to grasp. Freedom, yeah. liberty. Like freedom of choice to do these things. It actually existed even pre-2020. What? You, no way. you could have actually worn a mask when you were sick that was in so 2019 or even 2017. You know what I just skipped? 2018. Mm. You could have done it then too. You know what did happen before though? We made fun of you a little bit. Yes, we did. Are we going to make fun of you now? Probably. Maybe a little bit. It's I don't America. know. I don't know. Freedom. I don't know. No, don't... we won't make fun of you. Certainly. So don't make fun of us for not wearing them. It's true. It, it works both ways. Fair. There's pressure that goes both ways. But do you think that uh, is the political pandering, is it going to work? I mean, is it, you're shaking your head, so I already know what you're going to say. Is it going to, I mean, they're they're literally saying, we're giving you your freedom back. We're so benevolent. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Vote for me. Do people buy it? I mean, this is going to be so. <laughs> I this hope is supposed not. to be a wave year for Republicans. Are people going to say, you know what? Now, on second thought, they really were. I'm not. Say, I'm not trying to project. I'm saying maybe they actually would think that. Doubt it. I don't think anybody's fallen for it. The only people that are that are going to be interested in in that pandering are people who are going to vote that way anyway. Yeah. So independence, though, I mean, no. we're not going to fall. Independence are done. I yeah. think That's, I mean, the polling would agree yeah. with you. It's just it's yeah. like what Trish is saying is there's a there's a while now before the midterms to craft a new narrative. And that's what all of us are going. Here we go. Here's yeah. the new narrative. It's that we're we're so we're great leaders. We got you through this. Now you can have your freedoms back. And I will acknowledge that. When they say, well, the science has changed, that's a stupid phrase. Yep. But Omicron is waning. So just say that. You don't have to say the science has changed. The right. science isn't changing. This, well, their science changes all the time. <laughs> but it's so ridiculous to say, well, we've reconsidered. No, you haven't. Just say that the virus is de- like yeah. you can own that part of it. But the public pressure, you're right, is a huge deal. Trisha, what's the most important thing this week? The most important thing this week is only important to, well, it might not only be important to me outside of this room, but it's probably only important to me inside this room. It is the halftime Super Bowl show tomorrow. <laughs> Anybody? I can't Anybody even as psyched as doing... I am? It is no. Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Eminem. It is going to be. The coolest Super Bowl show ever. I don't know who any of those people are. Yes, you do. You know who some of those people are. I know because I did a music show with you, and we talked about music for two straight years. I can't say that you're a huge fan of any of those people. I think that's a fair statement. I... I'm not a rap guy. You're a rap girl? Enough. Yeah, no, and this speaks to so... uh, The 30 to 40-somethings everywhere are going to be are so into this. Like, this is my childhood. It's true. This it's is true. the coolest halftime show ever. That's it. That's I will give one. them this. I mean, first of all, acknowledge I could care less about the NFL, sure. and especially because the Rams are in. Well, actually, that makes me care more. I almost want to watch it, like, out of spite. But the 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 halftime show, this is pretty unique. I mean, I didn't even know that until you just said that. I literally had no idea who was doing the halftime show. It's cool, though. But when you said the lineup, lineup, I'm like, actually, I can't remember a lineup of artists that would look like that. And I don't mean look like that, like racially. I mean, look like that Mm genre-wise. Because that's a weird... I don't... Has there ever been 
a full-on hip-hop halftime? I don't think so, but this is... So this is cool. It worries me because it's only a 12-minute set, so it's going to be bits and pieces of it. Of course. It. it always is, though. I think Dr. Dre has his hands in all of these people's work. I looked up his net worth the other day. That man makes $850 million a year. It's going up by like 50 mil every year. It's insane. Wow. And he works behind the scenes for the most part at this point. Does he work with Beyonce at all? I don't know it's a weird where question, him I know. and Jay-Z. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, because Jay-Z, Jay-Z does basically the same thing, right? Yes, as yes Dr. they're Dre two does. moguls, right? I don't know anything about it. They're all just got a lot of swag and it's going to be a cool show. Do any of them have actual names? Um, I think Snoop Dogg is his birth name. Snoop hmm. Dogg with two G's. Uh, yeah, that's got to be a birth name. just one G at birth. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's artistic license. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary J. Dre Blige. is that's... probably his actual name in some regard, right? Dr. Dre, Eminem. It's Marshall Mathers. Eminem. Eminem. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did okay. you know that? No, I'm learning. <laughs> it's going to be real, a really the, cool show. The music industry. So we got such a crash course, Roy and I, when we were doing Song Stage, in just the legalities and how money is made in music, which I guess is primarily through publishing, if I'm not wrong. Right? You're correct. I yes. mean, you have to be the publisher. But mm-hmm. if, if, so if you have like a major artist who's doing the song, if that artist didn't write it or doesn't own the publishing... Which a lot of them will say, you know, I didn't write it, but you, but for me to even do it, you got to give me the publishing. Correct. Yeah. Which is so ridiculous. Right. But that's the way to do it. The one that amazed me, which is why I mentioned Beyonce, is that we, I don't know if it was just that I stumbled across this while we were doing it or we found out because we were industry insiders for about half a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, Beyonce, whenever she releases an album, they buy millions of their own album. Is this common knowledge? Did you know that? No. Is that to increase album sales right it off the top? Pushes her to number one well, right the, away. Yeah, the charts are based on sales. So yeah. Taylor I, Swift's dad did that. He bought all of her first album. Yeah, but that was her first one. Yeah. And that's because he's rich and he could do that. And that mm. propelled her to stardom. But then she's maintained it. Right. But I think a lot of artists, you know, I think this is pretty common practice. I don't know that they all do a million albums like Beyonce, but I think a lot of record labels or owners of artists will have a buyback in place just to shoot them up the charts. Yeah, and you can write it off. It's a yeah. It's a business expense. So isn't that kind of gross though? Mm-hmm. How does it work now? Album sales. So I get all my music from Amazon Prime Music. I and there are full albums so on much. there. Does Amazon pay buy those albums, and do they have to buy them a bunch of times, or do they just buy one? I think, I think to... just a portion of whatever you buy goes to the artist, and then Amazon probably gets a cut, right? I don't know that they even track it by artist anymore. It's mostly just they work out a deal. Harry Fox Agency handles a lot of the licensing stuff. Harry Fox Agency, Trisha. And I don't know what he's talking about. And so they negotiate <laughs> you know, an annual. You're going to pay us an annual thing. Somewhere down the line, somebody's going to audit it and make sure that Things are getting done, but I don't. I don't think they're that particular anymore. With all the streaming and everything else, it's it's too hard to we, track. We, we did talk to we, we did some stuff in Nashville during the show, and in Nashville, we talked to a lot of artists who absolutely hate not just Spotify, but any streaming because the radio you get a penny per play. I mean, something mm-hmm. really small, <clears throat> but it's it's something that can add up a little quicker. With Spotify, with the streaming, it's like 
a fraction of a fraction yeah, of a fraction like of a point penny. zero zero six cents or something. Which kind of like makes that. sense because you're only streaming it to one person at a time. And on the radio, you're broadcasting it to lots of people at a time. But they don't add up the same. You, right. make, you make more from the radio than you do from streaming. So I know a lot of artists really hate streaming for that reason. Well, I'm just wondering how it impacts overall album sales if they're judged on how many albums they sell obviously it's a lot cheaper for me to go on and get their music as part of a subscription where i would normally have bought an album in the past i just wonder how they like divide that i i don't know anybody under 30 that buys albums no no we don't do that anymore yeah you're just you're just you're buying anything. I mean, you're even buying MP3s anymore. You're just streaming it, right? If I really wanted something and it wasn't available, but everything is available on Amp for the most part that I've found is available on my Amazon Prime subscription on the Amazon Music app. It's like Apple Music, kind mm-hmm. of the same. or Spotify. Yeah. Yep. There, we co-opted your excitement about Super Bowl and made it about ourselves, and took it into an area that we know a lot and made ourselves sound smart. I know you use the word industry insider, maybe like if, mm-hmm. like you really sounded professional. Well, and Roy said a, a couple words there that I didn't know, Harry and Fox. I felt good about that. Harry mm-hmm. was it Harry Fox? Harry Fox Agency. That's great. No, mm-hmm. yeah, that's terrific. It's a, a good name. Let's let's pick this back up on the other side. I don't care what it's about. Something that's going to make us sound really smart. I mean, because I feel like that did it. This is Wiggins America. Stick around. More on the way. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. All right, I know that we just did a segment that was all about the most important things of the week, and I stand by that. But this, you know, in a in a bigger way, it's not really the biggest news item of the week. But this really seems to be more important to me, and not necessarily to us in the United States, but to it. Well, if you're a believer, if you're a believer in Christ, it would be. Um, Listen to this. It says, the, uh, this is from the Voice of the Martyrs. The Chinese Communist Party, CCP, announced plans to update the Bible. Okay, red flags going off yet? Red flags going off. How about sirens? Red flags don't go off. Updating the Bible to, quote, keep pace with the times, unquote. Yeah, that's a huge problem. You don't update the Bible to your liking. The Bible is the Bible for a reason. You can't change it. I'll keep reading here. They're removing passages that do not reflect communist beliefs. Guys, this is... I don't even need to comment on it. Just just listen. In a textbook for high school students released in September of 2020, the authors included a passage from John 8 as revised in their new version. I'm going to read this this, uh, passage from John 8, John 8, 7 through 11. But consider just that fact about this happened in September 2020. News does not come out of China fast. And there are two different churches in China. There are two different types of churches. I'll get into that in a second. This is John 8, 7 through 11. Jesus once said to the angry crowd who was trying to stone a woman who had sinned, quote, he who is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her, unquote. So we're, we're still 
That's the original there. A little bit different translation, but pretty close. It says, when his words came to their ears, they stopped moving forward. When everyone went out, Jesus stoned the woman himself and said, I am also a sinner. You've completely changed the gospel. That is happening in China, and that is what happens when the church submits to the government fully, because what has happened in China, like I said, there are two different churches. If you know what's going on, and this is not new, this has been going on in China for probably 40, maybe plus years. They have a, uh, <clears throat> a underground church that is not allowed to exist. And that is the real church. Then you have what's called the three self church. I don't know why it's called that. There's probably a, a meaning to it. But the three-self church is the state-sponsored church. Now, what happens when you have a state-sponsored church? They understand that the Bible is a powerful book, moves people to action. It forms beliefs, and they just change it at will to reflect what they want. That is a huge problem, and that is, I think, probably the most important story of the week, even though we're talking about other big news stories, and of course, more to come on Wiggins America. This is going to be a short segment, so apologize for that. But we have a lot of stuff going on this morning. Like I said at the top of the show, very, very full show. You can always podcast it, 971talk.com. And we have in the next hour, it seems weird to say it now. You talk about something that's monumentally important, and then you talk about things that are important but temporal, uh, energy prices. He's a guy from, he used to be the uh, part of the uh, Homeland Security team for the White House. He is now in Louisiana. Really cool accent, I will say that. Really cool bayou, deep Louisiana accent. Uh, he will be on in the next hour talking about where your energy prices will be for the rest of the year. But yeah, man, that's that just hurts my heart. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. More Wiggins America. Wiggins America, almost 7 o'clock, but uh, some big topics still to go over today. I appreciate old Roy being here, Tricia sticking around too, and making a full show, making a full cast out of it. You're going to hear more of that. We're going to do a lot more production and make this sound like it is uh, basically a virtual circus. I don't know if that's a good thing. That's probably the worst Everybody thing. Everybody loves the circus. I, I don't. I Actually, now that I say that, the most recent time I went to a circus, they've taken all the animals, almost except for dogs. They've taken basically all the animals out of circuses because of animal rights groups. Oh, for gosh sakes. So they've all become kind of Cirque du Soleil, but the cheap version of a Cirque du Soleil, because you're not going to get the Vegas version in St. Louis, you right. know, a traveling show. And not to say that these weren't talented people, but it's just not, I wanted to go see elephants stomping on right. balls and stuff. right. That's all gone. Wow. That's all gone. I was sad when they took the, the lion tamer sticking his head in the lion's mouth out back in the 1800s. <laughs> you are pretty old. <laughs> That's why you get your name. Old Roy. Uh, okay, so this week, a, a conversation popped up based on the what I consider to be the biggest story of the week, which is the trucker convoy still. And that may be the biggest story next week and the week beyond. I don't know. Certainly, when th the dominoes start to fall like they have, like we talked about in the first segment, um, it's still really relevant. And mm -hmm. that's happening, for sure. And Democrats, governors all over the country are going to say, well, we're just following the science. But they're not. They're following public pressure right. that's coming from grassroots, you know, like downstate Illinois. Governor Pritzker responded to that. Um, he still tries to hold on to the dictator 
dictatorialship a little bit with the mask mandates just for kids, right. you know, because kids are affected by the virus the least. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, but to me, the the <clears throat> issue here that I was like, you know what? The, and, and I've been debating this in my head. So I wanted to get some outside perspective outside of my own head is when the trucker convoy does things like blocks a major bridge between the United States and Canada, like I think is going on between Detroit and Toronto or mm-hmm. something right now. Yeah. There's a few aerial shots of these things where you see them. And and even coming in here this week a couple times, I'd run into a traffic jam and think, well, is this part of the convoy? You know, it's not. But you just it's just like the first thing that would come to mind is, is this intentional? And I don't want to be blocked getting to where I need to go and somebody mentioned this week something that I thought, well, that's a good point. And I think it was based on maybe Ari Fleischer said this because there's been convoy blocks in New York and upstate New York and probably in the, you know, the main Vermont area, mm-hmm. <clears throat> New Hampshire, between all of it on border areas, I think, maybe affecting parts of New York City at times, but I don't know. And he said, look, if we were going to if we were going to get on Occupy Wall Street and then you saw some of the BLM protesters stand in the middle of the street. You know, they make these chain link, pe- you know, of people right. yeah. that stand and block tra- traffic. Well, at the time, I was like, get the people out of the roads. This is inappropriate. It's not a good protest. Well, now, not the exact same thing, but similar things are happening with truck convoys. Are we being hypocritical by saying, well, let's support the truckers, but then not the BLM or Occupy Wall Street? What do you think? Probably technically a little bit hypocritical. I think there's a big difference between lining up a bunch of trucks and parking and setting up bounce houses and having barbecues versus burning down police stations. The causes are certainly different. Right. I mean, I'm not arguing that. Just is it the point is to sort of make the general population notice you and make them uncomfortable. Right. And. But the key is peaceful protest. I know they called the BLM peaceful protest, but they never were. The Antifa, you know, inserting themselves into every protest they can get their hands on just so they can be violent. But but I think the trucker thing, and it may be hypocritical, but I like that they're drawing attention to it. I like that they're not being violent, that they're just saying, hey, we've had enough. Um yeah, that, them being painted as extremists and right. racists or whatever, they, they just grab buzzwords now. They don't mean anything. The words that they put on people that they disagree with are just words that inflame emotion. Right. It doesn't actually apply to these people. But also look at the look at the reaction. The, we Everybody was told to stand down for all the BM, BLM things. They're going into can in Canada. They're going in. They're they're taking people's fuel. They're taking their firewood. They're taking, I mean, they're they're way exceeding the the GoFundMe. They they yeah, took shut the them donations. Down. Yeah, that it, that tells you a lot about about the the organ the the event, what it is they're protesting. Mm-hmm. By just by the re- the response, yeah, it tells you a lot about who has the power. Because if mm-hmm. the people in power say, "Police, don't do anything about this one, but do a lot about this one," right? And I know we're talking about two different nations, but you know, there's a lot of similarities. And I do want to delineate though between because you know, while I support the trucker protest because it is ultimately a worker uprising, 
Mm-hmm. This is this, these are not extremists. This is the exact opposite of that. And whether you want to call them extremists or not, I really don't care at this point because you're going to get called every name in the book if you disagree with the orthodoxy. It's just going to happen. But these people are not extreme. They just want freedom of choice for medical decisions mm-hmm. and you know shopping decisions. <laughs> I, like, let me go shop at a grocery store and not have to show you my papers. That's not an extreme position. Right. That's a very normal position. And the thing is, when you say well, they're taking away their uh, their fuel and that stuff, that's very true. But have you also read the counterpart to that? That, yes, they're trying to push in the police. They're trying to do more. And they're trying to tow the trucks away. They can't get people to do it. So the police departments are, you know, towing the line between disobedience and obedience by yeah. kind of being pretty lax about everything, which is terrific. Mm-hmm. That They can't get tow, or tow trucks to tow the trucks. Right. Whenever they've called a lot of these people, they said, they'll, they'll call a tow truck company, apparently, and the tow truck company go, ah, sorry, I was exposed to COVID. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. <laughs> so it's like, take that. I, I, I love it, and it's it's. I, I don't love that we have to get there, um, but I, I do think to the question of hypocrisy, like, you can't you can't divorce these things from the causes that they're linked to at all. Right. And that's kind of my position is that yes, it's hypocrisy if you just say all uncomfortable protesting is bad, then you turn around and you say, but the truckers are good. That's hypocrisy. But I don't ever remember saying that. I think moral equivalence is is important. Uh, I know that's a slippery slope because everybody can say that they're moral and the other guy's evil. Mm-hmm. But but I, th- honestly, there's something to that. You can you can be protesting against uh, uh, an attack on liberty or attack on freedom is is different than saying I don't know. I mean, I, I, I it's 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 hard to say. I I think you're right. There is a hypocrisy there. It's a little hard to defend, but I think there are there are little differences beyond just who they're representing in terms of the way they do it, the type of people. They're not professional agitators; they're truckers. They're people who well, support truckers. Well, that's true truckers. too. Yeah, you know. So, but, they, but was BLM professional agitators? I think some of them probably were, but not all of them. I don't think the people standing on the Poplar Street Bridge. I don't know. Maybe they were, but they, I, they didn't seem like. I it. mean, there yeah. there there were busloads of people as soon as. Any type of, especially racial, protest begins. There are people fired up. They're ready to go. They start bussing in their their professional agitators to take part because yeah. it's an opportunity for them because they want anarchy. They're not, they may not even care about the issue. But you don't see a lot of those people showing up at the truck thing saying, hey, we're truckers. Well, flip it around a little bit, too. And how about this for hypocrisy? Because there's hypocrisy all over the place. But really severe is socialists are all like worker uprising. It's all about the workers mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Bernie Sanders, whoever, far left, they're all like workers unite. Not this time. Not where? Well, except for this one. Right. No, no, no. Wait, don't unite against us, though. Right. <laughs> you know, we're we're the ones trying to control and help you. Right. And those two things being equivalent, because uh, once you give them your you say, yeah, I need help. Then they're like, yeah, that's fine. Let's reel that fish in. And mm-hmm. now you gotcha. Uh, I will say, though, that just to kind of put a cap on this thing before we hit the end of the hour here. Uh, <laughs> yes, 
if you were just coming out and saying all protests that cause disruption of people's lives are inappropriate. If that were the case, if that's what we were saying back when protests were going on with Occupy Wall Street or BLM or whatever, then that would be hypocritical. But I don't remember ever saying that. I just remember disagreeing with the cause. I don't basically what I'm saying, like the cause is way more important than the way you're protesting to me. That opens you up for hypocrisy more so than what I think really people who complain about those are or are more upset with the the violations of other people's I mean, I mean it's one thing all right I'm going to be late for work because there's a traffic jam is very different than burning down a federal building it's very different than destroying neighborhoods it's very different than than occupy wall street you know where they're leaving trash everywhere and just walking i mean there are there are distinct differences and you know if if i'm okay with hypocrisy just because i'm human and everybody's got their own biases don't say that don't say that because next time we talk about hypocrisy you're going to be like those hypocrites and then roll the tape on Roy. That's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm <clears throat> no, I just think it's it's hard to compare apples to apples with these two things. Yeah. Unless you get rid of everything else outside, including the causes themselves, and just say anything that's going to stop traffic is a problem, which I don't know that anybody was really saying ever. I don't you, think so. You're very much linking these things to the cause and saying I either agree with your cause, therefore I agree with your means, or I disagree with your cause, therefore I disagree with your means. That doesn't seem like a tough concept for me to for people to grab. But I think we're all kind of in that boat. Mm-hmm. That if you're like, yeah, I support that cause, there are lines that I don't want them to cross, but these are lines to me that are appropriate. These are protest lines that, yes, they inconvenience. They might even inconvenience me at some point. If a trucker convoy comes through my neighborhood and I'm trying to get to work going the opposite way, that's an inconvenience to me. Don't love it. Still support the cause. Right. But there are lines that I think we can all agree protests shouldn't go past this. And generally speaking, even left and right can agree on that. I think so. And you've listed some of the ways that protests over last, well, not last year, but 2020, certainly, definitely went way over those lines. Across the lines, yeah. And should have been uh, punished. You know, should have been stopped and weren't. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest complaint. But anyway, we're out of time. We'll be right back. So that's the first hour. You can podcast at 971talk.com. But we will be right back with our two. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 